Good morning and welcome to Sharper Iron. Spend the next hour with us studying the living and active Word of God, His two-edged sword of law and gospel, recorded for you in Holy Scripture, all about Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and ascended for you. Thanks for tuning in this morning here on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas. Sharper Iron is underwritten by the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, where your investments help support the work of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Visit lcef.org for more information. Today is Thursday, April 21st. It is the first day of share here on KFU. It's your opportunity to support this worldwide outreach. Throughout the program and throughout the day, you will hear of ways that you can partner with KFUO in order to continue and expand the proclamation of Christ for you anytime, anywhere. And we continue to do that during share today and tomorrow here on Sharper Iron. We have a couple of special studies lined up. We are looking at two fantastic. Today, we will be examining the biblical background and the beautiful imagery and poetry of Martin Luther's Easter hymn, Christ Jesus Lay in Death Strong Bands. To help us sharpen our faith in Christ as we study God's word today, we have with us regular guest, Pastor Sean Kilgo. Pastor Kilgo serves at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. Pastor Kilgo, welcome back to Sharper Iron. Hey, it's great to be here. Glad to have you today, Pastor Kilgo. I think this is your first time with us on share So we get to do some special things during share Right now, the total amount that's been given to KFUO during share is $24,000. $722. Thank you for your generosity. And as a challenge to our listeners this morning, I'm going to say that if we get to 35000 during our program, that you are going to sing one of the stanzas of Christ Jesus Land Deathstrung Bands, Auf Deutsch, in German. Auf Deutsch. We can, we can try can that. handle that? I, th- I All think right. I can do so that. So everyone... If you want to hear Pastor Kilgo sing a stanza <laughs> of Christ Jesus Land Deathstrung Bands in German... Help us to get to $35,000 during this hour. You can do so by calling 1-800-730-2727. In the St. Louis area, you can call 314-821-0850, or you can text the message KFUO to the number 41444. So, Pastor Kilgo, when I asked you to be on share with me this morning, I asked you what Easter hymn, and you were very quick to respond, Christ Jesus lay in death strong bands. Tell me, tell me why this is the best Easter hymn. Um. Well, there's a few reasons. One, I mean, it, it's written by Luther, right? So, you know, as far as Lutheran hymnody, right, we, we definitely want to give deference to the to the hymns of the specific Lutheran tradition. And there are a number of these in in the in the Easter section, to be sure. Um, but this this hymn in particular does a really fantastic job laying out the story that sits behind Easter, right? And some people are a little bit taken back because if, if you seeing some of the other Easter hymns, this doesn't sound as maybe Eastery, we might say, as as some of the others. It's part of the reason why you can you can sing this kind of throughout the year. Um outside of like Advent and Lent, it's a little bit awkward when you've been ref, uh refraining from the Alleluia's um or particularly during Lent you're refraining from the Alleluia's and this has an Alleluia at the end of every stanza. But it it gives you the story as we'll hear um, that leads into the resurrection and the joy that then proceeds out of the resurrection. So that's one of the things. The other thing is that it's got this great history sitting behind it in the uh, in the sequence hymns, which, which, which we can talk about. Um, and and it just is this this very strong and joyful kind of kind of militant sort of hymn, militant against. Uh, sin, death, and the devil that are our defeated enemies that we rejoice in particularly on the on the day of the resurrection of our Lord. Now, this is not one that I think I grew up singing. I discovered it either either in seminary or since being a pastor, and I love the imagery. If if this is not your favorite Easter hymn, by the way, when you're calling in to make that gift, let us know what your favorite Easter hymn is. I'd love to hear that, to, to know what hymns bring you joy. This is a, a great one. If you're familiar with it, I hope you enjoy going through it today. And if you've never hung, sung it or heard it before, I pray that it's a blessing to go through this beautiful imagery that we're going to encounter in this hymn. Now, Pastor Kelly, you mentioned it's by Martin Luther, and it's got a little bit of background. There's a, a longer history to it in the church, and there's some some Latin hymns behind it. Tell us just a, a brief history behind this hymn. Yeah, so like I mentioned, the the background of this is that you've got the what are, what are called 
the sequence hymns sitting behind this. And in particular, there's there's one sequence hymn. So if any of the listeners are like following along in their, their hymnal or whatever, this is hymn 458 in the Lutheran service book. I don't know what it is in, in other ones. So if you don't have Lutheran service book, then you might just have to figure in, that one out. If, if you have a Lutheran worship, it's 123 in there. And if you have TLH, the Lutheran hymnal, it's 195 in there. Although in both of those hymnals, there's only five stanzas. Lord willing, we're going to look at all seven that are in Lutheran service book this morning. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, so <laughs> in, on the next two pages, though, you get two other hymns. You get Christ is Arisen and you get Christians to the Paschal Victim. And Christians to the Paschal Victim in particular is the sequence hymn for Easter Day. Um, it's commonly known as Victime Pascali Laudis. Uh, it's very old. Um, it's attributed to uh, Wipo of Burgundy. And uh, this is out of the 10 hundreds. So, you know, we're about a thousand years into singing this thing. And it's it's well in place then with Luther when he's coming along. And then um, uh, Christ is Arisen is a German hymn out of the 12th century. Uh, and and some people think this may be, in fact, the earliest German uh, liturgical hymn. And so these are both sitting in the background. Luther takes these, and particularly Christians, the Paschal victim, and he essentially turns them into a chorale. And he does this with a few hymns. Um, we we have this also. Um, there there's some other hymns in our in our hymnal that do this. So you've got um, uh, to God the Holy Spirit, let us pray. Um, that is off the sequence hymn for uh, Whitsuntide or, or uh, Pentecost. And also uh, to God, the Holy Spirit, uh, O Lord, we praise thee is also built off a of sequence hymn. And there's some others in there, but those are just kind of a couple others. And what these are, the sequence hymns were sung uh, in connection with the gospel reading. Usually before the gospel reading, they were connected with the Alleluia that was sung there. Historically, the Alleluia would get elongated and elongated and elongated, and eventually that elongation turned into a whole hymn itself. And there was a ton of these appointed for all sorts of different days. Eventually, it gets like, it goes from 130-something down to like four suddenly. Um, there's, there's like this decree that comes from one of the popes that just nixes most of them and says that we're only going to have these. And... um so they're, but they're still kind of floating around, even the other ones that, that in theory got nixed. And so you get these hymns that are built off of them in the Lutheran chorale tradition. And so one of the big things is that Luther in this, he's not just pulling this stuff out of thin air. He's building on the hymn tradition that's already in place and he's making these better. He's making them uh, better, particularly for the congregational singing that he's reinstituting uh, in Germany. So let's go ahead and take a look at the first stanza. Again, in Lutheran service book, that's what we'll be using today. Lutheran service book number 458, Christ Jesus lay in death strong bands. This is stanza one. Christ Jesus lay in death strong bands for our offenses given. But now at God's right hand, he stands and brings us life from heaven. Therefore, let us joyful be and sing to God right thankfully loud songs of Alleluia, Alleluia. That's stanza one, Pastor Kilgo. Help us into some of the biblical text that stands in the background, the imagery that Luther brings out in the first stanza. Yeah, so he, it, it, it starts just like all of a sudden, just right into this. You know, Christ Jesus lay in death strong bands or in the, in the strong uh, uh, banding of, of death, that is in the tomb, right? So, so what's the, the strong band of death? It's that Jesus is in the tomb. Um, and why is he there? Well, he's there um, because he's been handed over for our offenses. There's this uh, text in uh, Romans where St. Saint, Saint Paul says that he was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. That, that's going to kind of float around in a, in a bit of this. And so uh, the, the reason why Jesus is in the grave is because he's been handed over to atone for our sins. Um but the the whole glory of Easter is the fact that Jesus doesn't stay dead, right? So, but now uh, he's arisen, and not only is he arisen, but he's also ascended. So it, it's it's fascinating because he Luther just jumps us straight from Jesus in the tomb to Jesus ascended and at the right hand of the Father. But now at God's right hand he stands, and from there he's bringing us life, right? So so that uh, 
if you think about all the things that are connected up and bound into the ascension of our Lord, you've got that uh, that Jesus fills all things with himself. This is why, in fact, the argument we make in the confessions, why he can be present at every altar is because he's filled all things with himself at his ascension. He's there interceding for us. Uh, he's there waiting to come back for us at the appointed time. All these sorts of things that are, that are bound up to that. And from that, then we get life. And particularly because there's this connection to the Lord's Supper in his ascension, we want to kind of keep that, hold that in our heads for a little bit later when he gets uh, very specifically into the Lord's Supper, that this is this is where our life is going to be coming from, and not just any life, but the eternal life that he's promised to us as the as as we talk about the the sacrament as being the medicine of immortality, right? So yeah. so Jesus is now ascended and bringing all of this to us, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. A lot, and a lot, as you're pointing out, a lot of this imagery that he brings out the idea of death as abandoning Christ or a prison of sorts is holding on to. That's going to become important later. The image of Christ at God's right hand being the one then, as, as we'll see, giving us that mess of immortality in the supper. That's going to become important in the rest of the hymn. And so lots of, of imagery here laying the foundation for the rest of this hymn. We're going to keep looking at that right now is, again, your opportunity to support the outreach of KFUO. Pastor Kilgo, you and I are both wearing a matching shirts of sorts today. These nice KFUO t-shirts, which I've been told on good authority are among the most comfortable shirts there are. Now, they they are fantastically comfortable. You, you're wearing a long sleeve version. I'm, I chose the short sleeve version because it's a bit warmer in Texas usually. But this year for share there are two options. You can get this frosted purple shirt short sleeve that I'm wearing or as Pastor Kilgo is wearing a long sleeve black frost T-shirt. And, and both of those, we would be happy to send you uh, to those who contribute $240 or more. And that's just $20 a month. We'd be happy to send you one of these wonderful KFUO share 2022 shirts. And again, you can make your gift this morning right here on air. And please let us know your Easter hymn, your favorite Easter hymn. When you do, you can call 1-800-730-2727 or 314-821-0850 in the St. Louis area. You can also text KFUO to 41444. You're listening to share 2022. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back. Please stick around. This program is produced by listener-supported KFUO Radio. Your support during KFUO Sherathon is vital to the continuation of great programs like this one. If you appreciate this program, please consider what you can give to support the ongoing ministry of KFUO Radio and this program. You can make a gift sending a text to the number 41444. Enter KFUO as the message. You'll get a text right back that walks you through the steps on your phone and it takes just a minute or two. You can also visit KFUO.org and click on the donate button or give Mary a call at 314-996-1518. Thanks for listening and supporting KFUO Radio. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It's Thursday, April 21st. We're taking a look this morning at the hymn in Lutheran Service Book. It's number 458, Christ Jesus Lay in Death Strong Bands. We're talking this morning to Pastor Sean Kilgo, who serves at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. And as a reminder, during share this morning, if we get to over $35,000 in that total, Pastor Kilgo is going to sing in German, auf Deutsch. We're currently just over 25000 on that running total. And if you call in to make a gift to those numbers that Andy and Dan just gave us. That that number will be matched right now. We have a current matching gift fund of $56,540 from many different generous supporters of KFUO. So again, call in during this hour. Let's get that total to 35,000 or more and let's have Pastor Kilgo sing in German to us. I hope you're ready to do that, Pastor Kilgo. I'm getting ready right now. All right. Excellent. I know you got your coffee. You refreshed your coffee before we started. So his voice is ready. So please help us to get to that 35,000. Let's go ahead and keep looking at this hymn. We're picking up now with stanza two, again, in Lutheran service book 458. No son of man could conquer death. Such ruin sin had wrought us. No innocence was found on earth. And therefore death had brought us into bondage from of old. 
and ever grew more strong and bold and held it held us as its captive. Alleluia. So Pastor Kilgo, I see that bondage imagery, the prison imagery coming up. And here is where I think Luther starts to tell the story of what happens mm -hmm. in Easter, as you were saying at the beginning. Right. He gives away the whole thing in the first stanza, right? Uh, which <laughs> is right. which which is not uncommon though. A lot of a lot of hymns will do this. It's like, here's the whole story in one shot. Now let me tell you the 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 back the background of it. And so it, it draws back into original sin, right? So like we said, the reason why Jesus is laying in the grave in the first stanza is because of our offenses, because of our trespasses. So now here we go. Uh, no son of man could conquer death. If we remember going back, the promise in Genesis in from the Lord is on the day in which you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, dying, you will die, right? There's going to be a double death that occurs there that you'll die spiritually and then die physically. And as St. Paul reminds us that the wages of sin the payment that is due for our sin is that we die. And so there's nothing we can do to conquer this, right? No son of man could conquer death. So we, we are just completely um, held hostage by this. And, um, and this is in the hymn, very clearly connected to our, our sin, right? Uh, no innocence was found on earth and therefore death had brought us into bondage from of old, right? Uh, there, there's a couple of really important textual backgrounds of this. One is Genesis 6, where uh, the Lord looks at the people before the flood. This is the, the impetus of the flood. And he says um, that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continuously. It's like this super emphatic text on the, um, on the depravity of man. And then this gets echoed um, in Romans 3, where St. Paul is quoting the Psalm, where he says, uh, None is righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and fall short to the glory of God, etc. Um, and you've got a bunch of texts like this, but these are maybe two of the most clear. And so on account of this, because this is our fallen state, the result is that we're, we're going to uh, suffer death. But death comes along and it holds us uh, captive. There is this um, a bondage, as the hymn says, uh, that we have uh, to, to sin. And, and this is going to come up more later as well. There's this marvelous text in, in Hebrews where uh, the preacher there brings out this connection between the devil coming and uh, bringing along with him the fear of death. So, so we look and we realize, oh, I'm going to die. And then we get afraid of that. And the devil comes along and he uses that to, to burden our conscience and to bring us into more and more bondage. And then our sin stands alongside that and brings us into bondage with it as well. This is what Jesus talks about, like in John eight, that uh, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. You're you're in bondage to this thing, and this is in context of, um, uh, Jesus has said, "If you abide in my word, you are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." And the people there say, "We're offspring of Abraham. We've never been enslaved to anyone." Right. So there's this freedom that Jesus is talking about, and the converse of that is being held in our sin. So the the question is going to be when we get to this is like, well. What do we do? Uh, how how are we to be freed from this bondage? How are we to be freed um, uh, from death and sin and all this all this stuff that, as we sang in the hymn, we are incapable of freeing ourselves from? What what's going to happen? That's a good question, and the hymn answers that question. So stanza two lays out the problem: we are in death. We can't free ourselves. We are sinners. There's nothing we can do. It only gets worse, as you pointed out. So stanza three brings us the Savior. Christ Jesus, God's own son, came down, his people to deliver. Destroying sin, he took the crown from death's pale brow forever. Stripped of power, no more it reigns. An empty form alone remains. Its sting is lost forever. Alleluia. So here, and, and he doesn't quite tell the story of what Jesus does yet. That's really going to come more in stanza four, but here he begins to present Jesus as the savior, the one who can do what you and I could not. Yeah. So he's contrasting here. Um, no son of man versus God's own son. Right. So um, granted 
Jesus does use this title, Son of Man, for himself quite often as a, a title the scriptures use for him. But what, what Luther is doing is he's kind of playing on this idea of kind of what St. Paul does of the the first man and the second man or the, the, the old Adam and the new Adam uh, sort of idea. So you've got you've got us, the, the son of man. We can't do anything. And so we need the son of God to free us from this. So um, we, we have this despair at the end of the first stanza or the second stanza. And then the third stanza comes along and says, well, in order to rectify all this, Jesus shows up and it's his people that he's going to deliver. And so already you're getting this, this beautiful preaching here that even in our bondage to sin and death and the devil, that we still are the Lord's people. He's created us to belong to himself. And so he's coming to make that a reality. Um, and what does he do? He destroys sin and he takes, this is such a fantastic picture. He takes the crown from death's pale brow forever. So, so the idea is that, that death is reigning over us, right? Um, and in, in, as, a, as a king. And so Jesus comes along and says, no, death is not your king. I am. And he takes the crown off and he sets it on, on himself. Um, and in, in a kind of twist of things, this, this crown is initially going to be this crown of thorns, right? That's going to be his, his initial crown. That's actually going to lead him into, or be part of his going into death in order to, um, take death itself captive and then stripped of power, no more reign. So this is the question. What, what is the power of death? The power of death is not the fact that it comes for us. The power of death is that it holds us. Right. So in the same way that um, uh, like uh, Acts talks about this, um, God raised him up, Jesus, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Well, the same becomes true for us then in Christ so that now no longer can death hold on to us either. It's, it's going to spit us back out like the great fish and Jonah. Right. Jesus is going to come and pull us back out of the grave. So it, that's death's power. Is is it this? um uh, this permanence, and now that's gone in, in with with Jesus' resurrection, um, and now it's just empty, right? And that's why its sting is gone. So this is um, th this question that that you've got a couple of times in the Old Testament, and Saint Paul brings up in First Corinthians fifteen: um, death, where is your sting? Um, Hades, where is your victory? Um, and he says, uh, Saint Paul is the one that gives us this answer. Um, that, that the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ so that we are declared victorious over this thing, over sin and death, the accusations of the law, all this sort of stuff. The, I appreciate how you pointed out at the very beginning of the stanza with his people to deliver. It starts to set that context of the exodus in our in our minds, which is a very mm -hmm. common Old Testament reading for the day of Easter to hear about the crossing of the Red Sea, Moses' song on the other side, the victory. And that, too, is going to be part of Luther's imagery as we will continue in this hymn, the things that the Lord did for his people in bringing them out of bondage in Egypt. So he does for us now through Jesus. And I, I'm with you on that, that imagery from taking the crown from death's pale brow forever. I wonder if, if there's a, at least it echoes in my mind, that fourth horseman from the book of Revelation, the, the pale one that's death. I wonder if that's what Luther's got in mind there. It, it very well could be, right? There, there's, a, there's a few parts in this where I'm, it, it's not entirely obvious whether or not uh, like when, when I was reading through this stuff and especially in, in some of the German, uh, there's, there's some of this language that makes you think of these certain passages. And I'm, I'm sure that it was rolling around in Luther's mind. He knew the scriptures so much better than, than I do. So I'm certain that if it's coming to my mind, it's definitely showed up in his. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's an excellent student of the scriptures and what a, again, what a beautiful imagery here. And this is where, as you said, you know, maybe this isn't the first hymn that we think of when it comes to Easter and, and the, the melody is maybe again, not what we're expecting for an Easter hymn, but boy, this, this imagery is just so powerful to see 
you know, what's really going on on, on a day like Easter and, and all the ways that we celebrate today. And these are, are fine things to do, but the Easter lilies and, and everything's so beautiful on, on Easter. And that's a, a good reminder. But at the same time, the, the thing that this hymn really does is it reminds us the the conflict that was happening on Easter and how our Lord didn't come in any uh, wimpy way, if I can say that. You know, he, he came as a true champion and, and he defeated the one that we could not. He was, as, as the Gospels say, as Jesus says in the Gospels, he's the stronger man who robs any other strong man who would try to keep us. That's what he's doing. He's grabbing us and saving us from those who would try to imprison us. Yeah, and I think that's one of the nice things about some of these, uh, especially the chorale hymns, is they tend to not shy away from uh, the the real depth that we're fighting against. It, it will yeah. they will show forth like th this is who your enemy is, and you can't do anything about that. But here's the one who has, and and when we understand just how how deep our depravity really is, just how deeply we are in the pit of sin and death and how bound we are to those things, then we understand that just makes all the more beautiful uh, the gospel when it's preached, right? So that um, if if the the thing that I need to be freed from is just kind of uh, a melancholy life, then Jesus coming along and freeing me from that is like, oh, okay, that, that's kind of fine. But if, if what Jesus is freeing me from is the, the eternal bondage to death and my own sin and the torments of the devil, then I'm like, oh, well, that's an entirely different thing. And that's something to be immensely grateful for, right? And, and this is why you've got these alleluias floating around at the end of, of every passage and maybe just a reminder of this. It, it's we, we get these, we sing them all the time. I think this is one of these things. We kind of forget what they mean that the hallelujah just literally means praise Yahweh, right? You've got the, the awe ending showing up in there. And this is, this is the, the name Yahweh showing up and uh, halal is the word for praise. You get all these halal Psalms, um, like Psalm one thirteen through eighteen or something like that. That's all. All these praise God, praise God, praise God. That's what those are. And so Hallelujah or Alleluia, as it comes into the Greek, is this just word that means praise God, right? So mm -hmm. at the end of every single stanza, we're we're saying this, and it would be good to just have that echo in our ears. You know, praise God. Yeah. Even at the end of the stanza, where we're talking about our bondage. We're, we're saying praise God because we, we know what's going to come, right? Yeah. We, we know yeah. the end of the story. Yeah. Praise, praise the Lord. Every time we sing hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise God. That's what we are praying. And that's what we do here regularly on KFUO, giving you the good news of Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Pastor Kilgo, as a, as a pastor, and as we think about KFUO and the work that's done here, tell me a little bit about why you find KFUO valuable for yourself as a, as a pastor and also for your congregation. Well, as, as a pastor, there's a few things. One, I love getting to come on and talk about the, the text and, you know, today the hymns. It is such a joyful thing to be able to do this and to be able to um, hopefully be a blessing to the people who are listening um, with, with God's word and pointing out the beauty of these things that we would be strengthened in the faith with one another and in the truth uh, that, that resounds in the scriptures. Uh, it's also helpful, like if I'm working on a text or whatever, I can go and I can, you know, pull up in the archives all sorts of studies that have been done by people um, in addition to the the books that I've got and um, just lean on the wisdom of others as well. But it's also a great thing that I can recommend to my uh, my parishioners. And I do this all the time, you know, go check out like Sharper Iron and, and you know, listen to it. Uh, while you're mowing the lawn or whatever, it's, it's a great way to be strengthened in the faith and learn the scriptures as you're doing these kind of daily tasks to, to always have this as the Lord exhorts us to always have his word uh, before our eyes um, and in our mouths and in our head, right? When we're sitting and walking along the way and lying down this, this Deuteronomy text and um, the KFUO gives us a way of doing that in a pretty marvelous way. And there's so many faithful pastors rolling around in KFUO as, as guests and hosts that um, love teaching the scriptures and to be able to 
lean on their wisdom is is fantastic. Yeah, it is a really joyful thing to be a part of KFUO. And to support this ministry, please give us a call during share The number in St. Louis is 314-821-0850 or anywhere. You can call 1-800-730-2727 to make your gift to support the worldwide outreach of KFUO. You can also text KFUO to the number 41444. When you call, please let us know your favorite Easter hymn. We're going to take a short break here on Sharper Iron. You're listening to share 2022. We'll be right back. Please stick around. Did you know that Lutherans are helping new American immigrants get settled? How about struggling church workers in need of support and refreshment? And we assist at-risk children and provide disaster response to hurricane victims. Through LCMS recognized service organizations, we are doing all this and more. I'm Rahema Kavuga of Lutheran Church Extension Fund, and I don't want you to miss out on hearing what your brothers and sisters in Christ are up to. Visit interesttime.org to see how your support gives life to these works of mercy and love. Sharper Iron. It's Thursday, April 21st. First day of share here on KFUO. We're looking at the hymn, Christ Jesus Lay in Death Strong Bands with Pastor Sean Kelgo of Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. Pastor Kelgo, we are on stanza four. Beautiful imagery in this stanza. This, this one and I think stanza five are probably two of my favorites. So again, this is Lutheran Service Book 458, Christ Jesus Lay in Death Strong Bands, now on stanza four. It was a strange and dreadful strife when life and death contended, the victory remained with life. The reign of death was ended. Holy scripture plainly saith that death is swallowed up by death. Its sting is lost forever. Alleluia. When I, when I hear this stanza, and I think we did this one year at Grace, we started the Easter morning service in, in the sanctuary wasn't lit quite all the way. We had a few of the lights dimmed and we had this sung as a solo at the very beginning of the, of the service, you know, cause it kind of, I think it, it sets that stage, the transition from good Friday, the burial to now Easter and to ponder just what has happened and to wonder at it, at, at what God has done. It's just a fantastic stanza. Yeah. I think as far as Easter preaching goes, this may be the the line that I have probably quoted in sermons more than any other. It was a strange and dreadful strife when life and death contended. Just to kind of think about what we're saying in that, that you have Jesus who is the life, right? And, and we're, we're not saying that in some sort of like ethereal sort of way. We're, we're saying that like literally he is the life. All life emanates from him, uh, the life going back all the way into uh, the creation, right? Remember, John says that um, by him was made all things and there was not anything made that was made um, except through him, right? And that includes um, all the living creatures, all the plants and Adam and Eve. And he's the one who breathes into them the breath of life, right? So, so he's life itself and life itself is going in and contending with death itself, Right. And one of the cool things about this hymn is that there is a uh, an anthropomorphizing of death, like death is a is a person that we're dealing with. Right. And um, and Jesus is th this is like one of our great foes. Um, and so, you, you know, however you want to think about this, you know, hooded guy with a sickle or whatever, that Jesus is going toe to toe with this guy. And we look at him and we're like, oh, that's a scary guy. I don't want anything to do with him. And Jesus is like, I got this. And he goes in and um, as uh, one of my former pastors said, he goes in and he punches death in the mouth, knocks out his teeth. Right. Mm -hmm. So that so yeah. now death death just doesn't have any teeth anymore, right? This is the sting, right? It, it Death can come and it can kind of gnaw on you a little bit, but it's not actually going to be able to like consume you. And there's this, it doesn't come out in the English. Um, I, and I wanted to, to mention this because it may be like my, my favorite, um, like literal translation of this. Um, Say it in German first. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, it says, uh, 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 <laughs> It was a strange battle where death and life struggled. Life won the victory. It has swallowed up death. Scripture has proclaimed. So like 
that we've got that in there. And then it says this, um, how one death ate the other death mm. has become a mockery, right? So this is just, it, it's making this hard shift for us that now, instead of death being something that we're afraid of, death is something that we can mock. Um, there, there's this other great hymn, uh, uh, Jesus, I'm, I'm blanking on it. Um, I, I know the stanza that I'm thinking of. I can't think of the, f the first stanza. Um, Laugh to scorn the gloomy grave and at death no longer tremble. He, the Lord who came to save, will at last his own assemble. They will go the Lord to meet, treading death beneath their feet. Like that's what's going on here, right? This mm -hmm. laugh to scorn the gloomy grave sort of deal. Um, I think it's Jesus Christ, my shirt offense. I think that's the the hymn. Yeah, um, I think you're right. So... Uh, this is just this this fantastic um, uh, promise that now we we don't have to be afraid of death anymore. He he doesn't he doesn't have any teeth. He doesn't have any power. He can't hold on to us. Yes, he's going to come and he's going to bring us into the grave. But he did the same to Jesus, and Jesus is back out, right? And we're going to be back out too. Um, and this is why the scriptures come along and they talk about death as being a sleep for us. And, and this this comes into like the whole First uh, Corinthians fifteen passage. Um, that's the beautiful text on the um, the importance of the resurrection, where Saint Paul says, um, "If Christ has not uh, been raised, uh, then our faith is in vain, um, and our our preaching is in vain, and those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished." Right? That that they are they are actually you know held in in bondage to to death still if death has not been overcome by, uh, by life. Right. But we have, um, him who is the life given to us. We're enshrouded with him in our baptism. We're fed with him at the supper. I'm jumping the gun a little bit on, on that stanza <laughs> five. Right. Um, but, um, you know, we belong to Jesus and Jesus belongs to us. And so what, what is his is now ours. This is what Luther talks about as the great or blessed or happy exchange so that Jesus takes all of our sin and the death that we deserve and the struggling against the devil. And he gives to us his righteousness and his glory, his eternality, right? This is one of the things that's there. And that's why, again, going back to this first Corinthians 15 passage, that when, uh, when this phrase actually resounds, death is swallowed up in victory, um, we, we need to remember what's prefaced to that. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory, right? Well, there's, there's two things going on there. There is the very initial completion of that with Jesus. The death is swallowed up in the victory of Jesus, right? The, the perishable has now put on the imperishable. Jesus died and he's never going to die again. Um, the mortal has put on immortality. Um, he, he can't be destroyed any longer, right? By death. It's already tried and it failed. And then the fuller uh, promise for us is that that exact same thing is going to happen uh, for us as well. And, and yeah, it's strange, right? As the hymn says, it's a strange battle that's going on. Um, but it's glorious as well because uh, the victory remains with life. Death is defeated, and we don't need to worry about it. Its sting, its teeth are knocked out, right? Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful stanza. And I, I, man, we could keep talking about it, but I want to make sure we get to stanza five because it's so fantastic too. So stanza five. Here our true paschal lamb we see, whom God so freely gave us. He died on the accursed tree, so strong his love to save us. See, his blood now marks our door. Faith points to it. Death passes or and Satan cannot harm us. Alleluia. I think you mentioned, you know, quoting stanzas in your preaching. I think I, I quote this one too. The His blood now marks our door. The connection here to the Passover, the Exodus events is so, so strong. What a beautiful image. Yeah, there, there's two chief festivals of, um, of the people of Israel, right? You've got Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and you've got the Passover festival, right? And both of these are interesting because they're marked with blood, right? You've got the uh, the blood marking the door and you've got the blood marking the altar. And both of these come to their fulfillment in the blood of Jesus, right? So you've got the, um, in this case, Luther is zeroing in on the uh, the Passover festival, having its fulfillment in 
uh, Christ as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and that his blood is marking the door. Um, and th this is, I, I like to think of this, uh, especially in the uh, Lord's Supper, the Psalms talk about our lips as being um, a door, right? So um, guard the door of my lips, right, is, is one of the, the Psalms that we that we pray. And so see his blood now marks our door, right? That like literally his blood is, is marking the door of our lips, right? That, that our, our mouths would be sanctified and, uh, speak his word to one another, um, to bring many to faith, but it's also just marking the door of ourselves broadly so that, um, death is passing over us. And again, not, not that like death isn't going to happen, but that we're now we fall asleep in Christ so that we would be awakened on the last day. This is what Jesus says with Lazarus, right? Our brother Lazarus has fallen asleep and I go to awaken him. And the disciples are like, wait, I thought he was dead. And so he says, yes, Lazarus has died, um, but I'm going to go and raise him up, right? So he, he makes it like very clear for them and for us. This is what he's talking about. But this is a beautiful way of talking about this because um, it speaks to the lack of permanence. And faith looks at this and, and it grabs onto it. So faith always has an object. Faith, I, I, I like to teach, uh, is like kind of the, the claw machine in the carnival, right? So, it, so it's the, it goes down and it, it, the, the purpose of the claw is that it goes and it grabs onto something. Now, granted, in the carnivals, they're, they're rigged and they don't actually work very well. Um, our faith is not rigged <laughs> and it does work well and it grabs onto something. And the particular thing that it grabs onto is Christ and his atoning work. It grabs onto the promises that are found in the shedding of his blood for us. Um, and when, when faith grabs onto that, death cannot harm us, nor can the devil. And this is where we come back to this Hebrew passage um, where uh, he says that, uh, um, that the devil comes along and he, uh, it says, uh, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So we've got the devil and death standing right next to each other, uh, bringing this, this fear and this, this terror to us. And Jesus is just knocking both of them out of the way. And then he's standing there in their place, right? That that's this oh. picture. Yeah, what a what a fantastic image in in this hymn that that faith points to what Christ has done and our enemies cannot harm us. That is the good news that we continue to proclaim here on KFUO. We'd love to have you partner with us, help support that proclamation of Christ for you anytime anywhere. One of the ways you can do that is by a day sponsorship. Those who contribute $480 get to select the day and they can have a special message go out on the air on KFUO. You can honor one of your loved ones on their birthday, anniversary, baptism, anniversary. You can also remember your loved ones who've gone to be with the Lord. What a fantastic confession that death has lost its sting as we continue to support this proclamation of the word of God. And for that gift of $480, again, it will be doubled. You also get that shirt that we were talking about earlier and some pretty cool, uh, really awesome mechanical pencil from KFUO. You can do so. Pledge your support to KFUO by calling 1-800-730-2727. Let us know your favorite Easter hymn while you're at it. You can also text KFUO to 41444. We need to take one more short break here on Sharper Iron. You're listening to Shareathon 2022 on KFUO. We'll be right back. Please stick around. This program is produced by listener-supported KFUO Radio. Your support during KFUO Shareathon is vital to the continuation of great programs like this one. If you appreciate this program, please consider what you can give to support the ongoing ministry of KFUO Radio and this program. You can make a gift sending a text to the number 41444. Enter KFUO as the message. You'll get a text right back that walks you through the steps on your phone and it takes just a minute or two. You can also visit KFUO.org and click on the donate button or give Mary a call at 314-996-1518. Thanks for listening and supporting KFUO Radio. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Become a day sponsor during... 
back to Sharper Iron. Thursday, April 21st, we're looking at the Easter Hymn Christ Jesus Lay and Death Strong Band with Pastor Sean Kilgo. Pastor Kilgo, we have two packed stanzas left, so I'm just going to read both of them. They both have similar imagery. They build on each other, what we were talking about. This is stanzas six and seven. So let us keep the festival to which the Lord invites us. Christ is himself the joy of all, the sun that warms and lights us. Now his grace to us imparts eternal sunshine to our hearts. The night of sin is ended. Alleluia. Then let us feast this Easter day on Christ, the bread of heaven. The word of grace has purged away the old and evil leaven. Christ alone our souls will feed. He is our meat and drink indeed. Faith lives upon no other. Alleluia. So we see that festival imagery, the Paschal, Passover imagery coming forward into Christ, the fulfillment, the joy of Easter really comes out in these stanzas. Let's try to to hit the highlights, Pastor Kilgo. Yeah, so this is like, now that all this has been said, um, this is the result of it, is this great joy that springs forth from our being redeemed and the Lord being raised for us. Um, and this is hitting on the fact that this is written for the festival of the resurrection, right? That's when this is intended to be sung. It's the hymn of the day for Easter. Um, and so let us keep the festival to which the Lord invites us. That is, let us all come to the Paschal feast, uh, to the, the feast of the resurrection. Um, and then Christ is our joy, right? And he's the joy of all because he's brought us into his marvelous light. And there's all this imagery in the scripture of, um, Christ being being the light and bringing us into his light. Um, you've got this um, this beautiful uh, text at the beginning of Luke, uh, because of the tender mercy of God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, right? And there's this imagery there of uh, the promise in, um, in Psalm 23, uh, that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, eventually that shadow is going to be removed from us. Um, and this has all been been laid out. Uh, we've got this eternal sunshine given to us. And then this contrast with the night of sin, right? So you've got the, this darkness that's sitting there with sin and all of that. It, it's like this afterthought. The night of sin has ended. It's just, it's gone, right? Um, because we're now dwelling in the eternal light of Christ, the light that doesn't compare to anything else. This is kind of like uh, Luther makes his comment about the scriptures, but I think we could apply it to Jesus here as well that um, the, the scriptures are to other writings as the sun is to other lights, right? So the same thing with Jesus. Jesus as, as the light of the world, as the light that shines upon us from on high, all this sort of stuff uh, is, is to other lights as the sun is to, um, you know, a flashlight, right? It's just, you try, go outside, try and shine a flashlight while it's bright outside. It's not going to do any good, right? The sun's just brighter and so is Jesus. Um, and God be praised. Hallelujah. And so Hallelujah. let us feast this Easter day on Christ, the bread of heaven. That is, let us go to communion, right? And let us receive the great gifts that are being given to us here. Um, and you can hear the, the, the epistle text showing up very clearly in here. This is, um, uh, 1 Corinthians five, cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are really unleavened for Christ. The Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Right. So you, you can hear this. Uh, the word of grace has purged away the old and evil leaven. God's word has purged us from all uh, falsehood and brought us into the uh, the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Um, in Christ alone, our souls will feed. He is our meat and drink indeed. And this is a reference to both the spiritual eating in the Lord's Supper and the physical eating in the Lord's Supper, which are which are both uh, immensely important for us. And faith lives on no other that is faith lives on no other than jesus himself and and so this is just the all the result of everything that's been going on it, it just all pours out in this this joyful proclamation these last two stanzas yeah yeah the the joy is overwhelming and and again even though the the melody maybe isn't what you're expecting for an easter hymn certainly certainly that you see that that joy come through in these words and that that encouragement to actually receive what Christ has given there in stanza seven, I think is is so important, you know, that what we what we have on Easter is not simply a remembrance of something that happened 2000 years ago, but Christ himself 
actually comes to us on that day at that festival to give us the gifts that he won, we get to receive them right then and there. And that, that's just a, a marvelous thing to, to keep in mind when it comes to Easter. Pastor Kilgo, just a, a quick minute here. Wrap this hymn up for us. Give us the, the joy of Easter in a minute from this hymn. Well, the joy of Easter is that Christ has been raised in defeat of death and in conquering of sin and in the crushing of the devil. And in fact, his resurrection is the evidence that all that has happened, right? Um, so he was delivered up for our trespasses and raised on account of our justification. That's how the, the text reads from, from, from St. Paul. So we, that the resurrection is the physical evidence that our sins are in fact forgiven, that we are set at peace with God, that the devil is crushed under his heel, that death is destroyed. All of this wonderful good news for us, um, the resurrection is the evidence for that. And it's the promise that just as Christ will be raised, so too will we be raised on the last day. And so we can go out with all joy and boldness and confidence um, because what can harm us then? You know, our three enemies, sin, death, and the devil, they're all defeated, right? So let us go out in joy um, because Christ is, as the hymn said, Christ is the joy of all, the sun that warms and lights us. So as, as great as you feel going outside on a nice, warm, sunny day, uh, this, this is every day for the Christian, regardless of what's around us in the world. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Kilgo, for being our guest today on Sharp Iron. Thank you to everyone who is supporting KFUO during Sherathon. Give a special thanks to Ruth in Festus, Missouri, Christine in Quincy, Illinois, and our day sponsor today, Jean Tyndall from Edwardsville, Illinois. Thank you for your support of KFUO on Sherathon and every day. If you'd like to support KFUO during Sherathon, please give a call 1 800 730 2727. In the St. Louis area, 314-821-0850, or you can text KFUO to the number 41444. Our current total is at $26,682. Again, thank you for your support of KFUO during Sherathon. Again, Pastor Kilgo, thanks for being my guest today. Pastor at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. If you go there, you might not hear him sing in German, but he'll probably tell you something in Latin. And Greek and Greek. So thank you, Pastor Kilgo, for being our guest. I am your host here on Sharper Iron, Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas. It is a joy to be with you for share and to continue to celebrate the Easter joy that is ours because Christ is risen. We've got another fantastic Easter hymn lined up tomorrow. Please tune in again. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow.